beautiful people, and welcome to the Glories of the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles, and today I have a very special co-host. You all know her as Amaryllis Kristen. (laughs) Y'all welcome Kristen Hill, my sister-in-law, but we say sister-in-love because we're cheesy like that. (laughs) Hi, Kristen. Hi. Thank you for having me. It was everything in me to not mouth those words along with you. Hey, all you beautiful people. I I know all that. And I usually am like in my kitchen saying it with you. (laughs) I was trying hard to be like, Uh, right thank you for having me I'm so excited to be here well all of you listening if you've listened at least from the beginning you know Kristen and I've talked about her so many times probably feels like countless times that I've just mentioned you as a part of my a huge part like a really just dear part of the community of the beloved for me in my own life and that just is so precious that you happen to have married my brother, Eric, and <laughs> um, it's just been so much fun through the years to watch you guys live out just who you are and your ministry, really, to those around you right there where you are in the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia. And um, yes, I've had you on the podcast before, and I'm so excited just to kind of catch up with you today and really for us to get to talk about this very special chapter in the book for me called Amaryllis Prayers. And I had no idea, you know, even when I wrote that song, Amaryllis, uh, that came from the letter that you wrote me. And we'll talk a little bit about that again, but had no idea that someday I'd write a whole chapter in a book (laughs) and that you would be a huge part of that. So it's just so sweet to be here today talking to you. And I love I love the chance to just even, you know, I'm so excited. This book is here and people are reading it. And even this podcast does all these amazing sort of standalone moments, but that also travel through the book. And, you know, just because I've watched you live all this in in real time and you believe this and live like this and have fought for this posture of surrender and rest. And so I'm just so happy that that's sort of available. Your voice is is here to sort of, you know, speak into that and, and all the people listening. It's so, so, so good. I've totally nerd nerded out and read the book twice. <laughs> it's so good. Even though I'm like, oh, I remember when that happened. I remember when that happened. I already know what you're going to say here, but I, but I've read it twice almost just as it, just to experience it because it's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I was just remembering as you were saying that, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast of so just I talk more about my second miscarriage in the book, but that first miscarriage, I was at your house mm-hmm. and Nathan was out of town. Oh. You were right there with me in the ER mm-hmm. and we we laugh now. It was terribly not funny then, but just oh, I think I threw up. I just had Taco Bell and I threw up a little <laughs> bit on you because <laughs> it was the pain was oh. so awful. But goodness, I mean just, I remember it. Oh you guys have walked. Yeah with us through, you're right. I mean, all through the book, you're probably like, yep, I was there for that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, it's just, it's sweet to remember 
And and actually, there's a couple times I'm like, oh, you you didn't you're too humble to say that this is what actually happened, or that this person <laughs> said this, you know. And I'm like, I need to I need to have a you know like um, a side a, book, like a, <laughs> totally be like, okay, that that's true, that happened. But what she's too humble to tell you is that this is what was really happening, or that there were forty thousand people there, <laughs> or just you know like that that was kind of a fun thing. To, uh-huh. to see but yeah and you guys have been that way for us as well just all the way through in our own journey and ministry and spiritual formation you and Nathan have been right there and you know we're so grateful to have been able to bounce things off of you and and we know you've carried us through a lot of things and so it's mutual for sure oh so precious well I start off this chapter talking about how God healed my ears. And you were very much a part of that journey as well through prayer. And we were texting a lot during that time. And I talk about sort of a go and tell no one type moment, which those of you listening might remember that Kristen wrote a book, a Bible study called Go and Tell No One. That's the right title, right? I don't know why all of a sudden it was like, yeah, it's go and tell no one. With It was after the um, doctor came in and, and had shared with me that he's just like, I don't see this. First of all, he's like, you need to go home and have a party because these hearing test results, um, I've not really, I just don't see this kind of improvement. And I remember going out, I talked about going out, you know, to my car and, and I, you know, this culture that we live in, I think I automatically felt this temptation, you know, to like mm-hmm. tweet all of a sudden or like Instagram, <laughs> look at these, you know, test results. Cause a lot of people had been sort of, you know, following along on that journey. But yet, you know, I thought about just how Jesus was really there. He was really the only one who could really understand and was there through all of that, like how Mm -hmm. we even talked about this before uh, we push record, but just how at that time in my life, it was like my desperation afforded me. I think I say this very line in the book, my desperation afforded me a dependency upon him that was so Mm -hmm. beautiful. And it created sort of these opportunities really for him to hold me in the struggle that ended up being like sacred moments with him that I think I I just don't know that I would have had otherwise. Um, And so I sat there sort of in my car and it was just like, you know what? It felt right. It felt fitting for he and I just to share that celebration together. And I just sort of sat and just had a party with him right there. Yeah. 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 And I think that speaks to your, your nearness to Jesus in, in your whole life. But like you said, just going through something that hard, it is a beautiful byproduct of that heartbreaking dependency, excuse me, heartbreaking dependency to, to be in the nearness and to sort of really be able to feel the sacred moments. And I think you stewarded that so well by knowing just as you have been with me in all of those sacred moments, I think you talk about just even being in the bathtub. Those were like your, your times where, you know, the, really the only times you got relief and how you would sing and store up praises. And Mm -hmm. I love that 
you were so in tune with the heart of God in that moment that you knew that before it became anything else, you wanted to return to that same secret and sacred and sort of remember and rest there. And, you know, I, I think about in that, that Bible study that I wrote that you mentioned called Go and Tell No One, it's like there's all these encounters where Jesus has this life-changing encounter with someone and then tells them, you know, now go and don't tell anyone about that. And and here you were in that same scenario of a lot of those people where you're like, the reality is people knew that yesterday, this is how I was. And today, this is how I am. So, mm. <laughs> like, you know, the leper that couldn't, or, or the, the, you know, the, the lame person that couldn't walk, but now can, it's like, I mean, we got to acknowledge it, you know, but right. I think there's a, there's a discernment that comes with knowing being so in tune with Jesus to know it's like Eric always says, you've heard us say this line a million times, be authentic with all, be transparent with some, be intimate with few. And I would go on to say, and stay close enough to the heart of God to know when moments are so sacred that that really the gift is to treasure them with Jesus in your own secret time with him. And that's exactly what you did. It was like, obviously you had people praying and you had to acknowledge, oh my gosh, here we are. God has healed my ears. But even that was a a process of, of really just now being able to tell about that more fully. And yet even still, there's parts of that that will always just be between you and Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there will be a time, you know, um, to celebrate with others. I just think, um, even for those of you listening, you know, that sort of feel that pressure right away to maybe like, Oh, I got to post every moment or I've got to, this is great news or this is hard news, but maybe just that pause and, I've um, had times definitely where I just probably was like, ah, should have thought through that before I posted that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that, you know, like you said, that in tune um, place with Jesus where we just are able to discern, you know, okay, this could be a really sacred moment that he's inviting me into that will develop more of that communion with him and more of that um, just sitting with him. And uh, I want to be a person that fosters that in my own life. And I want to be a person that, you know, encourages that in other people's lives. I think uh, Shannon Scott said this uh, way back uh, when we were in the beginning of this series of conversations around the book. And um, she said, how often, you know, do we blow past God's attempts to bring us close and even times of suffering? can do that, can be that invitation. Um, Well, this chapter sort of sits in the section of the book called The Community of the Beloved. And um, it's really about how God used people around me, some who were absolute strangers, um, but some who were close family. Um, Yeah. And it's, I talk about uh, being in a really hard winter of my soul, one of those times where God was certainly um, inviting me close in those moments. And um, you brought me a very sweet birthday Mm -hmm. gift that a lot of people who've listened to this podcast know that it was a potted amaryllis and Mm -hmm. 
a very precious letter that ended up inspiring a whole song. And um, a big portion of that letter is in the book. And um, it really uh, changed my life and was Mm -hmm. such a sweet part of the Lord in that time, helping me not only, um, you know, sort of articulate where I was, but um, it was really just a, a part of me also, I think, you know, it was November because it was my birthday, but Christmas was coming up and um, it was just a sweet time for me to enter into that season and just like see Jesus in it and through it and to be able to, you know, be invited to grow in that time. You know, yeah. I, I think a lot of us look like at the you know season we're in and and we're like, you know, I can't do the basics today. How could I possibly, you know, bloom? How could I possibly bloom through this? But it was just such a precious perspective, I think, a shift of perspective to um, receive that gift. So thoughtful. So um, just Mm -hmm. completely um, thought-provoking, but also just caused me to really kind of go like, okay, I, I could actually, I don't have to wait for the warmth of spring. Like I don't have to wait till things lift or look totally different, but what would it look like for me to emerge, you know, and to, yeah. to grow in this time? Um, so precious. And you even kind of mentioned when we were texting back and forth, you know, that it's sweet to be on the other side of that, both of us, even just where you yep. were in that season. And um, sure. yeah, I would just love to hear from you around that, even just like what, God has done in you since that season and kind of just how you've seen, um, you know, other seasons in your lives that have been winters sort of, and how you've learned to bloom in those. Well, gosh, I think it is, it is so sweet for me to think back on that, that, that time just when I wrote you that letter and it was sort of born out of that, that situation where it was, it was your birthday and we were wanting to celebrate you, but we were close enough to really know that you were really, it it was a winter of the soul and you had some heartbreaking things happening around you and kind of putting together this birthday present and going, this is not enough. Like how else can I, how else can I show her that I'm with her, you know, and that we are with her. And I think I love the way that you have it framed in the book. I love the concept of the, the thought of the community of the beloved. And I think that's a, that's an opportunity that's available to all of us at any yeah. point to come alongside somebody and say, I see you. I, I yeah. see what you're carrying. I, I see what you're holding and I'm so sorry. And I want to sit with you in this and I want to be here with you and then as soon as it's appropriate to say, but I also have vision for you on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I will believe for what God is doing in you until you can believe it for yourself. Yeah. I know him to be faithful. I know that he is working in ways we can't see. I trust the faithful heart of God to shepherd you through this valley that feels like death into life. And so I will cast vision for you until you can see it for Mm. yourself. You know, we all need that, but we all can be that to people, you know? And so it's so funny because listen, sister, if I'd have known where that 
letter would end up, <laughs> I probably would have been <laughs> a lot more self-conscious, but it was just an honest, like attempt to sort of be with you in that, mm, you know, and of course, it. neither of us had any idea where all it would go, but, yeah. um, but I think it maybe resonated because we've all been there. We can all imagine what it's like to be in the winter of, of our souls. And, mm. and I think right now, a lot of people are there. We're there again, because this last year has been so dang hard right. on so many people. And so there's a lot, a lot of people in situations they didn't anticipate being in. A lot of people have had to lay things down that they love and pick mm. up things they don't love as much. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, there's just a real, a real honesty there, you know, and, um, this is a this is a funny thing. I'm not sure if we've talked about this in our real lives, but something I've been like nerding out on and like deep deep dive is the parables of Jesus. And you know how I just get a little bit geeky and I've been like <laughs> full on teach me all the things about the parables of Jesus and um all that to say I didn't realize it at the time but I think the Amaryllis prayers was a version of this about sort of what, what the Lord has taught me. And I think, um, Jesus spoke in parables and it's really, it's really cool. As I was starting to research, Matthew 13 talks about like, he tells his first parable and then the disciples are like, um, why are you talking in parables to them? You know, and <laughs> I love, and I have been so blown away by Jesus's answer. He says, he says, you have been granted the ability to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And the word mysteries there, the Greek doesn't mean something unknowable. It means a, something that can only be knowable through a revelation that's given by God. Wow. So it's something God is doing in us. And so then he says, they, he said, this is why I tell parables. He says, in seeing, they do not see, and in hearing, they do not hear. And then, and this is crazy. It lit me up when I read it. In Matthew 13, in the message, the message says it like this, that Jesus says, this is why I tell stories, to create readiness. Mm. And so it's like he uses, and even the, the word parable, because Jesus says, this is why I speak in parables. If you look up the original Greek of that, it's this combination of two words, meaning to come alongside and to cast on. And so the word picture is to, to cast, like to bring a teaching aid that, that casts alongside the truth being presented. Mm. So it's kind of like if, if, if the real lesson is a little bit too much for me right now. I'm going to say it first in a way that you can understand. I'm going to talk about bread or light or seeds or, um, and I've just been so blown away. So it's kind of like the Amaryllis prayers is, was a version of that where it was like, we all needed to, to somehow believe there is life on the other side of that. Like, right. It's possible to have a heart at rest right here in the middle of this. And so the way that I can maybe eventually arrive at that in my heart is to look at an amaryllis bulb in the dead of winter that is choosing to bloom even still. And mm. so, you know what I mean? It's kind yeah. of like. It's like a living parable. Totally. <laughs> Coming to totally. life. 
And we I'm need that. We need, <laughs> we need yes. that revelation through that, that yeah. is coming out in his creation, like that he's given us right here. And, before and I will say to answer your question a minute ago, I, I couldn't have known it at the time, but as the pandemic started, we are one of the 50 million people that totally cliche, but started a garden mm. and it ended up being, I think, I really do think part of the reason that I didn't get thrown for a loop in a way that I maybe would have at one time is of course, just years of the Lord refining me in spiritual formation. But I do think he was almost creating readiness in my heart. And I even, you know, I wrote a ton on Instagram, different like (laughs) lessons I've learned that are like obvious, like super obvious lessons from the garden, but, but they created readiness in my heart for Mm -hmm. what he was doing in the bigger picture that allowed me to just sort of be like, okay, I don't, you know, it's okay if you get buried in darkness <laughs> and your soul is broken uh, open. That's what happens to a seed. So it's going to be okay. You know? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sort Absolutely. of, I just, it's been so tender to go like, of course, Jesus does something so beautiful like that. Of course he creates readiness. He, he's like, all right, if you can't handle the big old bite, I'm just going to give you like a little bit so that you can start tracking so that you remember what's already true so that you can have eyes to see what I'm saying and ears to hear, you know, like, so I I think that's been just a sweet way to be Mm -hmm. able to have a heart of rest in the middle of the craziest year of all time. Absolutely. What about you? What about you? How has it been different this last year? Because as a musician who has spent your grown adult life traveling, being in large spaces, sharing music, songs, leading worship, obviously this year has been like the curveball of all curveballs. And laying down something, but not in the way that you talk about the first time where you were choosing it. This time there was so much out of your control. So what has it looked like for you to have a heart at rest this last year? Yeah. I mean, it's been so interesting to have written the whole manuscript. Um, Literally I turned it in. I was writing Christmas of 19 Mm-hmm. turned it in fully like with a few tweaks like by like January 15th 2020 mm-hmm. and then so so in a lot of ways to have relived you know the last 15 years of my life uh, kind of like we were saying in the beginning of just like yeah okay there was that and then there was this and then um and some of the things that I got to towards the end like there's a whole chapter called the power of small that we'll celebrate later on in the podcast but there were just so many things that it was almost like God was preparing me for all of us for. I mean, I think all of us could look and yeah. trace the lines back to like how he had been preparing all of us, that he's preparing his bride for this time. He's preparing us as his body, his church, you know, and then just even personally um, for me, that you know, there's just so many things that were already stirring in my heart about uh, what it looks like to 
you know, live for real in this place of soul rest and even (laughs) just go small in some ways, you know, um, we had no idea that, you know, eventually for a season that, uh, you know, I'd lead worship at, you know, my dad's church down the street from us because that was during a time that the big mega churches just could not meet it just because of just local authorities and things. It's just a lot easier for a church down the street, you know, with 60 people to be able to open their doors and that we would, you know, talk about the power of small, just end up, you know, coming alongside my mom and dad for a season um, to uh, really just sit next to them for one thing, but then, you know, lead worship during this season that mom is, you know, in her fight against cancer. But I just think of things like that, like that maybe would have never happened if obviously if we were traveling, you know, three weekends a month or two weekends a month or that our, you know, church of the city was open and I was, you know, taking the kids there and leading. And um, so it's just really sweet to, to see how he, he paved the way and even just some of the things uh, that I'd written about that were just already stirring ended up being preparation for, Mm -hmm. you know, what was to come. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, in this chapter, one of the kind of the things that I really realized that the Lord was wanting me to come awake to and God used you. He used, I talk about the first time I met Jenny Allen, it was over the phone and I was like, who is this lady? (laughs) I remember, I I mean, I have a vivid memory of you were at my house in my kitchen sort of retelling me that. And that was one of those instances. And if you want me to give the full conversation, I will. But there was more said that was like honoring to you that you probably just left out because you were too humble. But well, it, it was, she, we have a lot of mutual friends. I mean, and you even knew, you have friends that knew Jenny from college and yeah. Um, that was the first time I met her and she calls me and yes, I mean, she did say a lot of really affirming things to me on the yeah. phone. And even though I hadn't ever met her and now of course she's just one of my dearest friends and I just, I, I love her. And, but then I even talk about an older man who literally read my mail out loud one night, you know, very much yeah. that prayer meeting that uh, you've yeah. been to one of those, you know what that looks like. And he just, I mean, like. I sobbed my eyes out because it was like down to the very passages of scripture that I had been, that not even Nathan knew I was in and in limitations. And he literally starts quoting, you know, those same exact verses that I had been in. And, Mm -hmm. but really what the Lord, I think was, he was calling me awake to was just that this, this balance, I think it's really a rhythm, you know, of, what it looks like. And I think it's a daily thing that we can truly live from a heart of rest in such a way that we're, we're hiding in the covering of Jesus. And then we're emerging in the covering of Jesus. Sometimes, you know, for introverts like me, emerging can feel not as covered, but I think that when we really are under like the yoke of Jesus, when we're being intentional to be under his yoke that he's invited us to live from, that emerging can be just as covered as our our hiding and our resting can be. But I think in that season, what I had discovered was, and what the Holy Spirit was just slowly, so patiently, so gently, just causing my soul to come awake to is just that like, hey, 
I think you got stuck in the hiding mode. (laughs) Um, I, I kind of had just sort of rendered myself like, uh, you know, like ineffective in a way, or just like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bench myself over here. Um, and yeah, you know, there are times when we need, we need a weekly Sabbath. Yes. Sometimes we need to take some time off, which I'm actually getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was, had been like months and months and months of allowing myself to sort of hide in every facet of, of my life. And yeah. so I would love for you to just kind of chime in maybe just about, you know, I know the garden has been a really precious rhythm for you, but just like what that looks like, um, even for introverts, <laughs> yeah. for people like me to, you know, just to stay in that healthy rhythm of like, yeah. you know, hiding in Jesus and emerging in Jesus mm-hmm. and what that can look like in our lives. Yeah. You know, I, I have, I stumbled onto this spiritual practice by accident that has now become this super intentional, really important part of my spiritual formation in terms of staying in a heart of rest. And, and it almost sort of came about, like you were saying, I mean, probably five years ago, maybe six years ago when I was writing that first Bible study, I, (laughs) I would wake up every morning feeling led to share. And then I would travel this journey of all the doubts, all the feelings of inadequacy, all the like, do you think the world really needs another book? And, you know, sort of almost that same thing that you were saying where you're, you start out from a place of hiding, but then you emerge and it feels like, oh no, what am I doing? I should definitely not be doing this. And um, so it started then that I wrote a liturgy in my notes on my phone. I wrote a prayer for those moments. So in my moments of rest, in my moments of being tethered to, at, to, to use some of your words, when I'm living out of my belovedness, when I'm in the bullseye, I wrote a liturgy in those moments for the moments when I might be tempted to forget, hmm. when I might be sprinting for the outer rings. And it became so effective that I wrote another one for myself when Eric and I were writing the first breakfast together. Now I have a cup. I have five on my phone that are for different circumstances that I've identified. <laughs> These are hard spots for me. <laughs> These are yes. places where I know myself well enough to know this. These are the places I'm tempted to forget what I already know to be true. These are the times I am tempted to listen to something other than the voice of Jesus calling out my belovedness. And so, um, it's that, it's that, that posture of, of leading yourself well by positioning yourself to be shepherded by the voice of Jesus and by the already spoken word of God. And so for me in this, in this pandemic year, there is a liturgy on my phone for what it looks like to now wake up in this everyday reality of having to lay down some things that were dear to me, picking up things that are hard for me and starting the day, like working that out. (laughs) But, but I, but I did it in moments of rest so that in moments of distress, I'd know right where to go. And I'm quickly able to get back 
to the bullseye, as you would say. I'm quicker to return to a heart of rest when I know my weak places and I know, okay, that's going to be, that's going to be something that's a struggle. And so I need to lead myself well by posturing myself to have the voice of Jesus at the ready and to speak in what is already true. And um, that's been a precious thing to keep me tethered. You know what I mean? Because it's not, you you can't ignore the reality of our humanness and our flesh patterns and our sin nature. And, And you take a couple of things like we've all faced this year with so much chaos, so much unknown sadness and loss and just so much out of our control. It's like, we got to be honest that that is hard. <laughs> it, yeah. and, it, and so to, to borrow from this biblical model of lamenting to say, okay, I'm going to be honest about where I am and what I'm feeling. And when I look around at what I see, that's the Bible gives us the prescription to do that. And then, then in the same breath to circle back and say, but this I know to be true and to position ourselves to be shepherded through that valley out to the other side to life and to a place of remembrance um, so that we can stay there and, and live in that heart of rest. That's great. So for those who, I don't think I knew what liturgy was when I was in my 20s. I should have, but I didn't. Um, Just what is a liturgy? And um, would you share like two lines of of one of those? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So, and I don't even know, that's a a fancy word. It doesn't have to be that. Really, it's just a prayer. It's a prayer that becomes something I do every day. And, and more than once a day, if I need to, but sort of um, like, so, so a, a liturgy has the feeling of something repetitive and yes. um, it's, this is written to be spoken in this circumstance. And, um, you know, there's, there's already written liturgies that the church as a whole says, and then this just happens to be one that I've written for myself for, for those moments. And um like for for me, um, God used this little passage in Exodus four, where it's that <laughs> it's that thing where Moses, God's called Moses, and Moses is sort of doing the whole, you know. But what if they don't listen to me? And what if my words aren't clear? And he's sort of it's it's where we've been. It's where we're faced with something, and we're like, all I see is a list of reasons why this is not a good idea. <laughs> and why I am not the girl for this job. Let me tell you why. Uh, and and I love, this is actually even a different encounter than where we got the whole with you ministries thing. This, this part I'm talking about is where God says to Moses, what is in your hand? Mm-hmm. And Moses has a rod in his hand and he's like, throw it down on the ground. And he turns it into a snake. And, and of course, I'm I'm not trying to impose my narrative on this biblical text. (laughs) Um, It was an iconic encounter. But what it has shown to me this year, and this is what I have written in my liturgy, is that God is a God that I can come to and be honest with my fears, with my disappointments, with my feelings of inadequacy, with my disappointment, with my, you know, with the chaos around me and I invite him to then say to me, 
but what is in your hand? Yeah. Do you trust me to make that something miraculous? Yeah. Do you trust me to turn that into more than enough? And so for me, there's an acknowledgement in this liturgy. I sort of talk about, I had to lay down a couple of of things. So when I look in my hand today, I don't see some of the things that I once had. And I do see some things that I didn't choose to pick up. So my days look differently than I would have planned. Yeah. But what is in my hand? Yeah. Okay. Lord, teach me to love what is in my hand. Teach me to value what is in my hand today. And where I placed value on other things before, and I feel like what is in my hand today is less than, would you shepherd my heart to the point that I can value this as an offering to you? Mm. I mean, I'm thinking about all the people that are like, their days are just full of Zoom school. And they're like, yeah, I, this is not where I would have, you yeah. know, or, or just people that have found themselves in situations where their days look nothing like they had planned for or hoped for or prepared for. And, and so I think collectively as a whole, we're saying what is in my hand today is not what I would have guessed. <laughs> but yeah. as a follower of Jesus, I am going to open my hand and, and invite him to ask me what is in my hand <laughs> and mm. to acknowledge it. And, and then to just say, I trust that you are working in ways I can't see. I trust the bigger story here. And I, I trust you to, to make this be what you want it to be. Mm. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad you shared that. And I'm just sitting here thinking, as we close, I would love for you to just pray for the listener because I feel like that is just where the Holy Spirit wanted us to land today. Mm. And what a precious way, number one, just to start a conversation with God today, just yeah. to go like, okay, Lord, I want to be honest with you just about those things that you said, like this about disappointment even. Um, I think I've been more real and raw with God in the last month than I ever have given myself permission, you know, because he can take it and he's able to hold whatever we need to say to him. I just love, um, you know, just the opportunity that gives us even just with that, that prayer or that liturgy, that declaration, you know, Mm -hmm. to say um, in the place of insecurity, in the place of right in that very place of doubt or, Um, maybe like life doesn't look like what I thought it would, Um, but just the invitation that is. And then to just say like, God, you know, you know, I invite you to ask me, you know, what is it in your hand? You know, if it's not this, and I've said that before, like, then what does it, if if the season doesn't look like this, then what, what is it freeing me to see that you have placed in my hand? So it just, as we close, like, thank you so much. Just, for who you are, number one, I love you. Mm, And just your life speaks and your life sings. Mm. And I would love for you to just pray us out for the listener, maybe who just um, needed to hear that today, just that they have permission um, to talk to God in that way, but also just um, to ask those kind of questions and, and really um, 
you know, declare in the place of uh, disappointment or whatever it is today, um, that he can truly do something miraculous and multiply, you know, mm-hmm. what's even right in front of us today. So, yeah, I'd love to. Well, thanks for, for having me and thanks for the way that your life speaks and sings and this incredible offering you've given us is such a good place to go back and remember um, what's true. So thank you for that. Um, but yes, I'd love to pray. So, so God, we just, we just thank you today that you are relational and approachable and we can come to you lamenting. We can come to you authentic and honest and you can, you know it anyway. So we might as well just open our hands and acknowledge it because I think that's our invitation to rest is when we are honest with you. And so I just pray right now that anyone listening that maybe hasn't felt um, the freedom to do that, that they, that they would just try it and be able to approach you um, with all the realities of of where they're feeling, whatever emotion that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that we can trust you enough to say, Lord, ask me, show me what's in my hand and show me how, what's in my hand today can become miraculous um, by your power. And um, Lord, I just pray for the people um, sitting, sitting in things, sitting in a winter and not even imagining the ability to, to bloom. And, and we pray right now um, for those moments and that you would create readiness in their hearts um, using whatever, method you want to, whether it's creation or stories or um, that we would look for those words of Jesus where he says, this is why I tell stories. This is why I tell parables to create readiness so that we can have eyes to see where you're moving um, and that we can trust you. And um, God, we just, we love um, the way that you invite us to a heart, at to, to, a, to a lifestyle, sort of this heart at rest. And we can um, our identity is is as your beloved, and um, we can we can find you there. And you are mighty in us when we show we invite you to be um, strong in our weakness. Um, yeah. So, God, today I pray for anyone listening that you would um, be mighty in them right where they are, and that they would um, trust you to cause them to bloom. You would trust them to, to shepherd them through the valley out the other side um, and that they would um, learn to live in this heart of rest and the rhythms of um, living as your beloved. We thank you and we love you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Kristen, for being a part of today. I've just loved just getting to connect with you. Like we don't, We've just not even been able to get on the phone even recently. <laughs> so and we're seeing each other on the screen today, which has also been sweet. But thank you so much. And those of you listening, The Life You Long For, Learning to Live from a Heart of Rest is available now anywhere you purchase books. I hope that you will read it and enjoy it and be challenged even just to live from this place of rest that God created you for. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs>